If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today on Horse Chats we've got Amanda Edwards. Amanda, how are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good, good. So Amanda, today we're going to talk a bit about you because you haven't been on the podcast before but I also would like to ask you about your equine care clinic as well. No worries. Okay, now, Amanda, normally we start off with a favourite quote. So have you got one for us? I have got one. I've got a couple that I really love, but I really like this one in relation to looking after sick or injured horses, which Mm -hmm. is kind of what we do. No problem can be solved using the same consciousness that caused it. Yes, that Einstein. We do things a lot. Mm. Yeah, the Einstein quote, it's very well used, but applied in this scenario, I think um, it's very apt because, we tend to keep doing the same things and expecting some different result yep. um, when we're looking after sicker horses and that often results in a very poor outcome for the horse. So mm, mm. that's why I like it. <laughs> we need to be thinking openly. Yes, yes, and we always want the best thing for the horse, but sometimes those outcomes, not only are they wrong for the horse, but they're very expensive for the owner. Absolutely, and how else? Our whole sort of philosophy is it's got to be practical, it's got to be relevant, it's got to be as, you know, as based as you can get it in the horse world um, and people have got to be able to do it so, yeah. uh, and apply it. So that's kind of our, you know, premise from which we work. Um, yes. A yes. lot of what I do is find shortcuts and what I find is that people take shortcuts in the wrong places. Yes. So they won't spend money on diagnostic testing, mm-hmm. but then they'll spend thousands and thousands of dollars treating a horse yes. uh, and then find out they were treating the wrong problem. Yes, <laughs> yes, and I, I know that you're very much into evidence-based research because that brings in your medical background as well, you know, your, your love of the horse it plus does. the medical background. Yeah, so my background's in nursing and I was um, an emergency nurse and my kids always laugh. I did more study than a doctor. I should have gone and been a doctor. Um, but I did do a lot of study and then I've done a lot of study around the horses as, as well, um, translating a lot of what I learned. So it's it's kind of my where I grew up, you know, that evidence-based practice. Yes, yes. Tell us about one of your early memories with horses, maybe something that you learned from, something you learned not to do, but just an incident that you can remember back and think, yep, that was one of my early memories. (laughs) Um, Okay, early memories. Well, I remember that um, I went to the circus with my mum and I had a horse, one of her old horses, and my mum um, jumped at quite a high level, you know, back in those days there were no lower levels of jumping. You jumped six foot or you didn't jump anything. Um, so she had all these horses and when I grew up I had one of her older horses that she'd rescued and it was about 14 hands. It was a little one. Yes. Um, but I was like little. So I get this 14-hand horse and I get on him. I go to the circus and I watch all those lovely girls 
stand on their horses and canter around. So I thought that would be a really good thing to do. So I come home and I canter up the hill and I stand on the back of my horse called Trigger. Of course, it was called Trigger. They were all called Trigger. Yep. Weren't they? Um, <laughs> and I stand, stood up there and I, of course, fell off and landed underneath him. <sighs> and he jumped over me. He did his very darndest. Because I literally toppled right underneath him, yeah, yeah. and he, he did his really—he tried so hard not to stand on me. He nearly fell over himself, and I just thought he did stand on me, and I ended up with hoof print on my arm. And I thought, not that I shouldn't jump on the horse again, <laughs> um, but I thought, you know, how good was he? I was because, and then he stopped and came around and looked. You know, it was like, did he? Yeah. what were you doing? Yep, what yep, what yep. were you doing? <laughs> idiot. And I think I was about seven. Uh-huh. Um, and he, I just, from then, I think horses have all been like my safe place. Yeah. It's, you know, it's the thing, they just make me feel good. And I've always felt like a horse always has your back in lots of ways. And mm. I think that, mm. you know, not to aim more, what do you call it? Aim more, for the, I can't yes, say it. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. People make make them like people, but yep. I just feel really, you know, why I love horses. They just make- I think that whole feel good factor, you know, I think that's why most people I think start off with horses. Yeah, yeah. They start off because of that. And I think you're very aware, I'm sure, of the medical research just to do with the contact with the horse, the communication with the horse and the affinity with the horse and the, yeah. the positive aspects of it. Not that we're here to talk about that today. That's always another chat, but, yeah, yeah. No, well, I've done, I've, I've done that too. So I went over to America and did a couple of weeks with Dariana Strozzi, who was one mm-hmm. of the early pioneers in that work, so okay. to become an accredited equine-guided educator. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've done lots of things in different Yes, but- yep. If we think about the whole combination of the wound care and the horses, what got you into that, that particular area? Because we can talk about all your other areas of expertise, you know, yeah. another time, but we've only got, I'm sure that, you know, at some stage tonight you want to go out and feed your horses and have dinner and everything. So Probably, if we yeah. if we just talk about <laughs> talk about what you're doing at the moment, which is the equine wound care and how you started off with that, because it's funny, isn't it? Because there's lots of people have niches within the horse industry and that's a special niche yeah. within the horse industry, you know, combining your skills and your love of the horse. Yeah, well, as I said, my background in nursing and wound care in nursing was, you know, for people was mm. one of my passions. I really love it and traumatic wounds and um, I, I know that sounds, it sounds terrible when I say it out loud. But, <laughs> but what do you love about it? Do you, do you love the fact that you can get people better? Is that what you love about it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so it's the healing process. The healing those wounds and on horses, healing them in the, the shortest possible time, you know, and at the equine care clinic, we get lots of different, we look after sick and injured horses, so mm-hmm. for people when they can't do that. So we get lots of different types of conditions, but my favourite are the wounds. And the reason for that is that you can take an awfully big wound and put it all back together um, using simple techniques because horses, of course, don't smoke, don't drink. Yep. And they're pretty healthy, so they actually will heal pretty well if you don't muck around with things too much. So mm-hmm. what I find is that people get on Facebook and ask, you know, here's my horse with its half limb hanging off. 
um, what does everyone think? Yep. And immediately people go to a thousand different products. Mm. But that's so simplistic. Um, yep. What works at one stage for one horse on a wound is not going to work for the others. And even a lot of our equine vets, our equine vets are amazing. We have great vets in in Australia. Um, yes. They're very yes. well trained. Yes. But they do have to learn 100 species. They do have to do an awful lot of other things. Mm. So they're kind of, you know, it's not a specialty for doctors in the human world and it's not a specialty for vets in the in the horse world. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, they have a standard set of this is what we do for wounds, but when it starts to get a bit more complicated or, uh, I, I mean, I've done the advice given enough is not that flash. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to keep it really simple but apply the right product at the right time. So there's various stages of healing. You can do things at each stage to make that faster. Yep. Um, to minimise, and the quicker you get it healed, the least scarring you have, the quicker you get back to work and all of those sorts of things. So um, nothing more satisfying than that. Mm, mm, <laughs> In mm. my world. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm just thinking if you were to employ someone or, you know, the particular character traits that you've got in the core skills or for someone else, if you're going to employ someone to help you with the wound care and with the equine care, what sort of person would be interested in that particular part of the horse industry? Um, so I think that really what I'd be looking for, uh, not so much the qualifications. I mm-hmm. mean, it's good to have a basis and, you know, I've, got, I've had some a certain knowledge, like that's, and all that is, is yeah. just a lower level of skill. You've reached this skill, yeah. but you want more than that, yeah. don't you? That's right. So the characteristics of the people, someone who, you know, someone that's got a calm personality, yep. you know, that they don't rush around. Any, I mean, anyone that's working with horses, even if you're, I'm fairly high energy, but when I'm around my horses, I slow down. Mm-hmm. You need to work slowly. You need to think like a horse. I don't like people with rigid thinking, um, you know, it's got to be this way and I'm going, you know, we have so many horses. I have built a crush in this um, new facility that I've built, Yep. but that's for the vets. Um, it's not what I use. I, I don't, I rarely, well, I've never had a crush, so I've never had to use a crush. Mm-hmm. I use techniques and work with the horse. I don't use twitches. I've worked with trainers that have taught me techniques to work with horses in a nice, calm, kind way. Especially if you've got like a horse ongoing. You know, if you've got it there ongoing, you want it to be that the horse gets better handling-wise, not worse. They almost inevitably, every client that I've had, has said that their horses behave when they get it back, when they send it in. Good, yeah. Because usually I'm getting the crazies. <laughs> and because they can't implement the treatment plan, so I end up with the horse and yep. and we just quietly keep going. So what I want is somebody is someone that's open to um, that's curious. I I really look for that curiosity yep. in people. You know, how does that work? Why is that happening? Why what about why does that why should I use this product and not that product? Or yes. what you know, what are we, what's the physiology under that? So I always take it back to, well, okay, what's the physiology um, underpinning why our solution? You know, why is it, why are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and what's our assessment? So I'm big on assessment. So they've got to be, um, you know, 
sensible, open open to, you know, thinking about things, a bit curious, being able to take initiative. I don't want, you know, someone that's not going to grow and develop. So yep. it's really having a growth mindset, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I think if they too like to see the improvement in the horses, you know, like you, the background and the wound care, it's not the terrible wounds that you want, it's how can you get them better. And that's, no. that's the growth mindset. Better, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So what's the yeah. best thing about working with horses, working in the horse industry? Huh. Well, you wouldn't say it's for the money. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit more than the money. It's more important, isn't it, the thing that you get out of it, more important than money? I think what you get out of it is a satisfaction. I've just actually um, stepped out of my corporate role. I was mm-hmm. uh, used to run hospitals. Yep. Um, and I've recently chucked in my corporate job to do this. So. Yep. You can earn money um, yeah. as well. So, but it's just what's lovely about it is you've got a freedom. Uh, your day is not rigid, mm-hmm. and your day is ever changing. You're yep. working with these amazing animals who are so forgiving of all of the the things that we do with them. And I don't know. It just is just fabulous. Yeah, love it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Um, the people are good too, you know. I think yes. a lot of most people are very down to earth. They're usually the people I associate with. They really care about their horses. They are happy to give you a bit of a helping hand. And I know it's not that way all throughout the industry, but there's a lot of. Um, I think horse people rally behind each other quite a bit. So, mm, mm. Yeah, I think certain blend of personalities. Yeah. 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 What about people and thinking specifically about you getting into wound care? Did you get recommended by someone? Did someone suggest this to you? Oh, did, yes. Yeah. I just want to know, you know, about someone who's influenced you and put you in the direction. Yep. Well, actually, it was because people kept asking me. Um, so they knew I did wounds. They knew I did wounds and I looked after people. And they yep. were like, what should I do for this? What should I do for that? And that's how the equine care clinic was born, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a friend of mine bought a, a filly, and this is in my book and uh, the story of treasure, um, little one-year-old filly, and I went to pick her up. She was in Queensland, and I went to pick her up for her, and she was um, she had cut her back foot uh, on pin, you know, just above the hoof there, really nasty wound. And I was like, oh, and they said, oh, I didn't know that. So she had been unhandled to that point. Six weeks later, the, they said, oh, you're x-rayed. There's nothing really wrong with it. Just needs to heal. Um, and my friend was not very happy with the way it was going. She said, I just don't feel good about this. Can you take the horse? So I took the horse on. And over the course of healing that wound, um, there was a big lesson in that too. Um, so over the course of healing that wound, my vets were coming to see me and one of the vets, uh, Emma, said to me, you know, Amanda, you should do this all for like a living because people need this. There's so many mm. owners out there that have got no idea. They get so stressed. They want to put them with us. We don't actually want to look after horses at the clinic. We want to go and do our vet practice. Yep. And so that's how it all started. And then it's just kind of grown and then, you know, I've developed products like first aid kits and things like that for horses. Yep. Just because it kind of rolled on from there, you know. 
I sent a horse home and the owner didn't do the right thing. Like I wrote down all the instructions so they didn't know how to do it. So I started doing workshops, teaching people how to, you know, just horse owners Mm. a a Mm. day or teach them how to do that. And I wrote a book because then I would just give them a copy because I was always writing the instructions. Yes. I was like, oh, I ended up being a book. I published a book and I just handed it to them. Um, So put that in their box, you know, for discharge and Mm. send Mm. them home and, Call me if you need me. So, um, and then we start doing consultations and things. So, yeah, I just want to touch on a point there as far as an equine business or a horse business, that a lot of people want to work with horses. They want to work in the industry. They see the benefits of working with horses and, you know, with the people and the the satisfaction, flexibility of the hours, everything else. But they choose the wrong niche. They choose the niche because that's the niche they want to work in, whereas you chose that niche because there was a need, you know, because there was a need and people kept asking you. And I think that's a really big thing when you're choosing a horse business. You know, there's got to be a need there. You've got to be in an area where there's the population. Yeah, people have got to be willing to pay you for that. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to point that out because I think it's a very important business decision there. That's absolutely true. There's no point setting something up that's not going to be viable. And I wasn't sure, you know, when we first started, I wasn't sure. And it's become, um, you know, we've been going since 2010 and it has always been a bit of a side gig, but my daughter's been involved. She's uh, uh, now just finished her nursing um, paramedic degree, but she also had certificate two in equine studies through school, so she she has worked with me. My husband does all the maintenance, the feeding, the you know the the around care, yep. and I kind of have done the care planning and assessment. You know, mm, and, mm. Um, it's worked pretty well, and it's also meant that while I was doing administration type work with my nursing, I still had a clinical hand in in with the horses. I'd be doing yes. quite clinical things that I loved, yep. um, and now I get to do it all the time, which is so. <laughs> So amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to hear a case study. You know, one horse that you can say, right, this horse is, you know, a great success story or is it treasure that you'd like to talk about? Um, treasure ended up being not such a great success story, but we did heal the wound, but then found out, and this was my big learning, never mm. skimp on diagnostics. I say this okay. to everybody. Yep. I trusted what they, those people told me, which was that the vet had x-rayed it and there was no involvement in the joint. Mm. And that wasn't true. And so as it had healed a little bit, we couldn't see in and we didn't re-x-ray it. And I would always do that now or okay. I get them to send me. Yes. Um, because what happened was we healed the wound and then it broke down again and we found that she'd had joint involvement. Mm. So um, we didn't, you know, she was no not able to be saved. Mm. So mm. mind you, by the time, you know, she went from an unhandled 12-month-old I could to someone that could, um, I could do the dressing without her even being tied up. So yeah. Yeah. Um, she was just, you know, really sweet and it broke my heart. Mm. Um, broke everything. <laughs> you know, it was heartbreaking, but it was a big lesson yep. in lots of ways. Um Anyway, so I guess one of the ones that we've got now, you know, is my latest little, he's our first um, patient in our new facility, which is much, much fancier than my old one. <laughs> I look at it and think that's very fancy. Yes, good. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, you don't have to start off like that, you know. 
um, I think that's another business decision. Don't oh, definitely. invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in something until you've tried and tested it. And made exactly. Sure it's going to be viable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, we've got a little horse, uh, Pokey, who came. He'd had peritonitis, um, was diagnosed with Cushing's. His laminitis was so severe he was pretty much unable to stand his pin bones. His soul kind of rotted away. He was in a really bad bad way, um, mm-hmm. very unstable with his Cushing's and so forth, and we're just about to discharge him. And he now, he was trotting and pig reading. This is oh, isn't that great? Hardly moved. Yep. And he was trotting and pig reading around the paddock the other day, and we were all like, we were all cheering. <laughs> wow, isn't that good? Isn't that good? But, yeah. And that, that's really, you know, amazing. And, you know, his owner, who's just the most delightful um young girl, she's really hung in there with him. But for her, this is, you know, she was so stressed about it and she was really upset about it. And to see her so happy yeah. and her horse happy, yeah. that's um, that's what makes it all worthwhile, really. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we love our horses. We get very attached to them. Oh, definitely. So definitely. Um, it's nice to be able to see the smile on someone's face when you've Say, right, it's time for your horse to go home now. <laughs> Is that the thing that makes you the proudest, things like that? I think so. I mm. think so, yeah. I think uh, it's, you know, it's a funny question, isn't it? What are you most proud of? Well, there's so yeah. many things I'm really um, proud of, but uh, that is definitely a shining moment. Yep, yep. So, hmm. Okay, so thinking about the type of business you got, you know, which is an equine care business. What do you think is the biggest challenge to get where you are now? You know, has it been, because it's a new thing, you know, relatively new to send your horse to a specialist equine care clinic rather than caring for it yourself or sending it to the vet, how have people taken to it or, or what sort of challenges have you had? Um, well, I've had, it's, it's funny, you know, I have had a lot of, Lots of people say, oh, that's a fantastic idea and da-da-da. And I don't, um, you know, I've never had trouble. Like there's always horses sort of trickling in. Okay. There's always somebody that needs that. Yep. Mean, people are so busy. Um, if you've got to give eye medications six times a day, yes. how are you going to do that? Yep. Uh, and that saves your horse's eye. Well, even from a cost perspective, I mean, we're much cheaper than vets. So, mm. Um, from a cost-effective point of view, that's much cheaper than having your horses eye removed. Yes. Um, so it's that sort of. Um, I, I they haven't had a lot of resistance. I've had mm-hmm. people tell me that people wouldn't pay for this service. Yep. And that they would they would not um, be you know they'd run out on me with the bills and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I had a couple of people tell me that at the start, mm. um, and I was like, but I've never had that happen. And I think it's because we provide. Like, you know, we try to keep people – we get quite close to our horse owners mm. too um, mm. because it's quite a journey. Uh, people are very stressed in this, you know, and they are relying on you to reassure them yep. uh, and kind of guide them along the way. And we don't do all – you know, I expect um, the vet come out and do the vet review because it's about – I, I'm not professing to be a vet and I'm not trying to be in competition with vets at all. Mm-hmm. I work with them. I'm part of the care team as yep. far as the, the way I see it. Yep. So we always have vets working with us and we always have other therapists. And, you know, with this little guy, we had a um, 
an equine proteotherapist, mm-hmm. so someone that specialises in horse care, and that's been, you know, an amazing part of his recovery. And so I, I kind of work out who's the best person to have involved in the horse's care and get them in as well. So I don't know. It hasn't been that hard to to sort of sell it. Yep. Uh, I hear actually, you know, I sort of call, I call it recovery care, uh-huh. and I'm starting to actually hear that word come back to me. Yes. Um, and I remember someone initially saying to me, you can't call it recovery care. No one know what you mean. And I said, well, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not true rehab. It's not like often we end up doing rehab, but it's that acute phase of, you know, something's happened to your horse. He's really crook. Um, he's difficult to handle or he's a baby or he's, you know, whatever, or you don't have the facilities or, you know, you've got something else going on, that's where we step in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it's. Uh, I think it's a really great service and all our owners have always felt like it was a really good service. Good, good. So just generally then to do with wound care, and no one wants to think that their horse is going to have a wound tomorrow or today, but what's a big lesson for them? You know, thinking about your book, what's the, you know, just a one big takeaway that you can give people about wound care? Less is more. Okay. So don't chop and change your products. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just resist the urge to put 30,000 different things on Yep. Um, a new product every week. A lot of the times you're ending up with the wound trying to combat the effects of what you're doing to it. So get advice, um, you know, from someone who actually specialises in wound care and not somebody that's just, you know, kind of telling you the same thing. So, you know, commonly I see people using a lot of sort of, uh, I use betadine on all my wounds for the whole time. Well, yeah. I wouldn't use betadine on a wound. Like, yeah. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's So there's kinds of, uh, or I use this product or I use that product. Um, and I think, well, it's matching the product to the stage of wound healing. There's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. several distinct phases and you have to match the products to those phases. So, and stop mucking around with it so much. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. And if someone was in that position that they had a wound, but they were, you know, overseas, because we do get a lot of people from overseas and they wanted to contact you, can they contact you, send a photo and and you give a recommendation? Do you do that online support? I do, actually. I've had a few people from Outback Australia, quite a number of people that sort of, I'll answer questions on forums when I'm not busy, you know, I'm sitting at the train station or something. I have (laughs) had people pick up and and they'll come through and, um, contact me usually through Messenger or Facebook and ask me questions, and I'm happy to, you know, give support that way. Good, so, good. Um, yeah. Okay. And those those contact details will be on horsechats.com slash Amanda Edwards, and we'll give you Amanda's direct contact details when we finish. But that's great to know, Amanda, that people aren't just out there by themselves, that they can at least contact you for some support there. Yeah, it's funny. I've had a few that have carried me right through from the early days right to the, you know, 16 weeks. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, and what, and what about now? It's fine. You're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's so good. it's quite nice. Yeah. 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 Now, Amanda, have you got a book that you'd like to recommend? Something that's going to help someone with their with their learning. Um. Well, I really like um, one of the books that I really liked was uh, The Pony That Did Not Die. I don't oh, know if yes, you've heard about. Yes, I have actually. Yeah, um, so, Andrews and Nikki and Andrew Bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Andrew's been a guest not with us as well. Yeah, yeah. He's such a great guy. Yes, they both are. Nikki and Andrew are great people. So, um, but he has, uh, you know, it changed my whole thinking about laminitis and mm. that being the end of it. Yep. And we've had a number of horses come through now where their pedal bones have come through the soles and we've been able to get them through that period and back into um, being, you know, sound to some degree, you know, yep. and being useful still as a horse. Um, and I think that's quite amazing. I, I remember the first one and my vet said to me, I went back and I discussed this case with Rowan, the other vet, and he said, uh, I, I wasn't quite sure what to do next. And he said, and she said, I said to him, what happens when Peter burns it? He goes, you shoot the horse. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. um, but that book changed it. You know, you don't have yes. to. You don't, yes. They don't have to be euthanized. Um, yeah. And it can be retrieved with the right treatment and the right care. So, mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot more. A lot more open now. You know, the whole nature of of barefoot is a lot more accepted now. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, my first horse that I had barefoot was because my barrier had had a, a boating accident and was unavailable, <laughs> and the horse lost a shoe, and I needed to compete, so we yeah. whipped them off and put boots on, and that was it. That yep. was all the horses did so much better. I was like, oh, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. What about your book, Amanda, the one that you give to people? Um, yeah, well, I wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's first. It's called First Response, A Practical Guide to Looking After Your Sicker Engine Horse. And yeah. it's sort of full of all of those kinds of <laughs> – I gave it to my mum to read. Yeah. Um, when I did it, it rang me back the next day and she said – in quite a surprised voice, oh, my goodness, Amanda, it's actually quite a good read. <laughs> <laughs> you sound so surprised. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? Um, so I've, I've done it in quite a kind of – I've told a lot of stories, I think, is um, and but also woven in the how to look after your horse if it gets sick or injured, how to recognise it, you know. Uh, a yeah, lot of people yeah. don't realise that there's something wrong with their horse. Yes. Um, and they've left it a little too late. Yeah. And then it's, you know, responding in the right way and then viewing, how do you review and monitor, how do you know you're on the right track, and then the renewal phase. So mm. that's mm. that whole framework right there. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it's, it's um, available on my website. Okay. Not in the and what's your website? or anything, but, yeah. It's uh, um, Equine Care Clinic. www.equinecareclinic.com. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So those people that are interested or go to horsechats.com, search for Amanda, search for Edwards, or it's just horsechats.com slash Amanda Edwards. Now, I know you've got your new clinic. You're looking forward to that, obviously. Anything else that you've got on the horizon? Well, we're doing lots of things. Um, we are actually about to do a membership sort of launching a membership and we're yep. doing a special for that. So, mm-hmm. uh, And that will be a bit of information um, and really it's aimed at horse owners to 
give them hints and tips for looking after their horse to get the best out of them. So, yep. um, you know, for best performance and it will have a whole lot of things in there for them. So we're doing a special offer for Equitana because I'll be talking then. I was just going to say you'll be at Equitana. Yes, yeah. I'm an Equitana junkie from way back. <laughs> um, so now I get to speak and so I get to hang out for the four days and that's really cool. What are you speaking on, Amanda? Uh, equine wound care on Thursday, I think it's either 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock, but if you have a look at the program, I'm sure it'll be in there. Um, and then on the Sunday, I think I'm at 10 o'clock, and that one's going to be horse first aid. Okay, good, good. So, both, both very good subjects for horse owners. Yeah, and, you know, we've got our Facebook page if people want to jump on there, and I post things as I you know, come across interesting bits of information. I put yep. things out there. So mm-hmm. Now, the Facebook page, can people just go and search for Equine Care Clinic? Yep, absolutely. That's okay. All right, we'll put that link, that direct link on your page anyway. But before we go, Amanda, you, just in a few sentences, what do you think your philosophy into equine care, equine wound care, horse first aid, what would you like to say before you go? I think it's, you know, the philosophy is to think about why things, why is this happening and what's happening in the underneath, what's really going on here, and then apply practical, relevant and evidence-based practice to the, as a solution, um, not the Google gods or the Facebook experts. Yes. Um, because I think you can get far too much advice. So yes. Just make sure, sift through and find what's true and real. Um, it's it, it becomes very overwhelming for people otherwise, I think. Yep, yep. All right, Amanda, I think, yeah, I think very good. I think um, that's sort of given people something to think about and, um, and somewhere to contact if they become a bit overwhelmed with their equine wound care. You know, if something happens and they're just overwhelmed, don't know who to contact, at least they can contact you and, um, you know, send photos, talk to you, or if they're closer to you, bring their horse to you and uh, and ask you to look after it for them. Yeah, yep. for sure. Yeah. Yep, we're happy to help, very happy All to right. help. All right. What about a phone number, Amanda? You got that so people can contact in an email? Um, okay, so phone number is 0408-554-823 and the email, probably the best email is info at equinecareclinic.com. Perfect. And those details will be on your page as well, horsechats.com slash Amanda Edwards. So, Amanda, hopefully we'll um, catch up again soon. I I think you've got lots of information there for our listeners and I'll I'll catch up with you at Equitana, but we'll talk to you on the horse chats as well. So thank you. All right. It'll be lovely to see you. Good good to see you Thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 